and welcome to The Future Report, a podcast hosted by social research company McCrindle for anyone curious about the future. My name is Ashley Fell, and each week I'll be sitting down with a guest to discuss a topic or trend that you need to know about. As the times continue to change, expectations among consumers are also shifting. We've seen in our research that people today want to know about the positive difference the organisations that they choose to engage with are making. Enter social impact. Social impact is more than describing the activities an organisation does. It's actually the outcome of that work and the changes that have occurred because of it. While social impact isn't a new term, we have noticed in our organization and the organizations that we work with an increase in organizations and particularly um, not-for-profits, education sector, even corporates responding to it. So we decided to make it the focus of our annual community sector study recently, the results of which we released in a virtual event and an accompanying report. So in today's episode, we're going to delve into this report and the findings. We're going to explore what social impact is, why it is important, and how organizations can utilize it to engage with their stakeholders. And joining me today to discuss this topic are two of my powerhouse colleagues and great friends, Shannon Werrett, who's debuting on the podcast, and Sophie Renton. So welcome to the Future Report podcast, Shan and Soph. Thanks, Ash. Thanks, Ash. It's so good to be back. It is exciting to have you. And Shan, as I mentioned, it's your debut. It's the first time our listeners have uh, heard you on the podcast before. And instead of me reading out a little bit about you, I thought you could just maybe tell our listeners a little bit about what your role is at McCrindle. Great. Thanks, Ash. Well, um, I've been at McCrindle for almost six years and my current role is Director of Insights, which means that I lead our team of researchers and analysts helping clients to um, understand the trends or uh, the things that are happening in their organisations and then communicating those insights so that they can make uh, informed strategic, strategic decisions. Awesome. Yeah. And I know that you you carry a very big load here at McCrindle. You lead a very big team, the insights team, um, a lot of our data analysts and researchers. And yeah, you're very passionate. And any client who has the privilege of working with you um, is very lucky in my opinion. And of course, we also have Sophie Renton. She's our managing director um, who we've had on the podcast before back to share some incredible insights. So great to have you back again, Soph, as well. Thanks, Ash. So I'd love to um, spend a little bit of time before we delve into some of the insights and interesting perspectives that we saw in the most recent research report about social impact, just to get to know you both a little bit more on a personal level. So again, particularly lately, I've just been talking a lot about each guest and helping our listeners get to know the guests by talking about which generation they belong to. Uh, So just for full disclosure, all three of us are millennials or the Gen Ys. (laughs) And as our research suggests, we know that millennials love coffee. So Shan, I wanted to ask, are you a coffee drinker? And if so, what is your hot beverage order when you go out to a cafe? Definitely a coffee drinker. And I'm pretty simple when it comes to my coffee order. I'm a latte, full cream, no uh, interesting milks for me. I can just go straight down um, that latte life. So that's that's my order. Yeah, very good. And Soph, how about you? Yes, I used to be the latte life girl, uh, <laughs> but I have changed in recent years and I, I've, I've joined the, the black coffee uh following of people. Uh, So I go for a good batch brew uh, or a good long black. 
Yeah, nice. And I um, <laughs> I feel like, Shan, to your comment, so I used to be the latte full cow's milk drinking and then I went to black coffee and I sometimes have that and so sometimes we make like black drip coffee here in the office, which feels very bougie. Um, and then now I'm on the ultimate millennial path of an oat milk latte. Uh, so like you said, Shan, going down the alternative um, oat milk path. And I feel like in our in our office, I've seen over the last year, like just more milk alternatives popping up in the fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I feel like I'm a bit old school. Like the, the, in the old days, they never used to ask me what kind of milk. Like I just say a latte and then they go, great. But nowadays it's like full cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they kind of like do a double, double check of what kind of milk you're going for. Yeah. It's it's changing times, changing latte coffee preferences. And on a more serious note, um, I'd love to just find out from both of you, but maybe we can start with you, Shan, what your favorite thing about working in this pretty niche area of social research is. Yeah, great. Um, I think that I'm just so interested in people and trends that are happening in our society. And so it's such a joy for me to be able to learn about those things each and every day. Um, One of my top Gallup strengths is input. So I love um, learning about new things, collecting new information, discovering the insights. And so, um, you know, in in one single week, we could be uh, finding out about how COVID's impacted society. We could also be finding out, you know, what weird Christmas traditions families do. <laughs> yeah. um, and we could be finding out, you know, how managers are shaping culture in their organizations, all in the, the space of one week or even a day. And it's just, it's just so exciting to have that variety um, and to be, yeah, discovering new insights um, week in, week out. Yeah, absolutely. I love that um, variety. And I've shared before that I also have input. So yeah, yeah it's we're constantly learning and asking questions. And that is just fascinating, as I've shared before. And Soph, how about you? What is your favourite thing about working in the area of social research? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit left out of this uh, discussion that I don't have input in my <laughs> top five strengths, uh, but I do have a lot of the, the people's strengths of developer and empathy. And I think uh, I just love being curious about people and exploring uh, and understanding why they do what they do. And, and like Shan, the, the range of topics that we get to explore is, is fascinating. But what I probably really love about my job is being able to come alongside leaders of organisations and helping them understand uh, what their people are saying, uh, what the, the kind of vibe check of their organisation <laughs> is and and how that, uh, I guess, overlays with the external landscape and to help them not be overwhelmed by that data. I think for so many people, data is a scary word and it's like, what do we what do, we do with this? Uh, but to be able to help people understand how helpful this data is and, and how to make sense of it and to not just have information but actually have insights so they can make some better decisions uh, that lead to better outcomes for their organisations and for their people. Mm. It's a really privileged position that we get to be in to look at so many organizations, data sets. And then, like you said, I think as well, just not to drop it and run, but also to say, well, what does this mean? And to hopefully encourage people um, to not be scared of of big data, but informing them and equipping them on how to use it. And you mentioned there, Sophie, even around the communication of that and the storytelling, which does really link to the area that we kind of want to talk about today, which is social impact. And in this event that we shared recently, where we where both of you were amazing keynote speakers sharing the insights from, from this most recent report, Sophie, you did share some really helpful insights I, I found as I was listening to the event about the context in which organisations are operating in today. Um, so why do you think it's important 
important to explore social impact now? Like why are people talking about this more now, do you think? Mm, it's a great question. I'm glad you enjoyed what I uh, shared and I didn't bore you. But uh, I think uh, whenever we look at a topic that's rising in prominence, it's really important to not just look at that topic in isolation, but to zoom out and look at maybe what are the other elements or factors that might be contributing to the rise of the focus of this at the moment. And I think the global pandemic, uh, we've talked about that so much. We've often said, should we nickname this the COVID-19 podcast? And hopefully <laughs> we're starting to move out the other side of that and just start to look at how our society has changed as we really are re-emerging on the other side of this pandemic, fingers crossed. Uh, but probably the three, I guess, key elements that I explored in that presentation, and I think are helpful to consider as we explore social impact reporting is that as we are starting to re-emerge from this global experience, global shared experience, uh, is that people are really re-evaluating their lives. They're going, actually, what is important to me and how do I make more decisions that actually align with that? And we're starting to to see people uh, talk with their feet, they're changing their jobs, they're changing location, and they're designing their lives more in line with what they value. The second would be a growing collectivist mindset, this renewed desire for community, this return to local as we've not been able to travel outside of our, you know, even our suburb at times. We've gone, actually, what's really cool? What can I explore? What can I appreciate about my local area? And in there, we've really seen this renewed desire for not just the local area, but for community itself, for people showing kindness, for people uh, knowing their neighbours, sharing a meal together. And we really believe that the rise of community and uh, social impact reporting are connected because the last two years have really highlighted how interdependent our society is. And social impact reporting is really actually a demonstration of an organisation's accountability to the community and a measure of its actions on society. So as we're increasingly um, becoming or having a a growing collectivist mindset, we're going, actually, your actions impact me, my actions impact you on on an individual scale and then on an organizational scale that actually as an organization, your impacts, sorry, your actions impact the the global world or the local world and let's hold each other to account for those impacts. Um, And the third key area is the circular economy. Uh, No longer are we maybe in this uh, fast fashion or just Mm. fast uh, use it once and throw it away mindset, but it's increasingly looking at sustainability, understanding the life cycle of a of a product or uh, the, the, the process and how that's made and the impact that has uh, on society and um, environmental sustainability is key for so many people. So I think it's those three factors that have really, I guess, created the perfect storm in some ways as to why uh, social impact reporting is being talked about so much now. Mm, and I know that our report delved a lot into the different generations perspective and we're going to um, talk about that a little bit later as well. But I, I find that just so interesting, especially the element of holding organisations and people to account. And I, I guess my mind, not that it's something that is talked about as much now, but a couple of years ago, like the rise of cancel culture and just how, I guess, careful in some ways organisations needed to be in terms of what they were putting out and, and how much we were, especially the younger generation saying, you can't just say that you do this or you have these values, you actually have to show me that you're living this out if I'm going to engage with you. Um, And Shan, I mean, anything there to add in terms of why 
why should an organization report on their impact if maybe they haven't been convinced already? What did the research tell us about why it's important? Yeah, so I think one of the key findings from the research is that uh, not only are Australians kind of wanting organizations to report on their social impact, but they actually say that it builds their trust with an organization when um, they are clearly showing the impact they're having in the community. Um, But not only does it build trust, it also can really change people's behavior. Um, It can help drive engagement. Um, You know, people also said in the research that they'd be more likely to engage with an organization if they're clearly showing how they are, you know, positively impacting the community. And they're also more likely to tell other people about an organization, you know, um, you might see something on Instagram about how an organization has made an impact in a group, a, a community, um, and that can spark conversations that can, um, you know, be a, a topic of interest for people and they might start, you know, telling their friends about that. And so I think it's really in an organization's interest to um, be communicating their impact, not only with um, their direct stakeholders, but it can also help to, um, yeah, broaden their impact and their engagement with uh, people outside of that direct kind of community that they have. Yeah, absolutely. Consumers are talking to each other um, and that has big flow and impacts as well for organisations. Shen, I'm also interested to hear, I guess, about what the research suggested in terms of what issues people and consumers want to see organisations reporting on when it comes to social impact. I personally, when you presented these insights at the event, I found it really fascinating and I'm sure many people would find it helpful just to know, especially if you're working in an organisation that um, that wants to move more into this space or is already doing that in terms of what people are expecting to see organisations report on in yeah, developing those social impact elements. Yeah, well, it's actually really interesting because while Australians are obviously wanting organisations to be reporting on their impact, when we ask them, you know, what issues organisations should be reporting on, a lot of Australians say they're not sure, which Mm. is, um, you know, an interesting concept when they say it's so important. You'd you'd think they'd back that up with, um, you know, this is the exact issues they want organisations to be um, talking about. But I guess it makes sense in some ways because each organization is so different from each other Mm. and a lot of the things that will show how they're impacting the communities around them are kind of niche or unique to those organizations. And so it does make sense in a a way that Australians aren't sure exactly what measures are going to be showing that impact most um, in the the most compelling way. Um, And the other thing is that social impact reporting is a relatively new practice and so consumers really see the value in it, but they haven't necessarily seen that many examples of, um, you know, how organisations are doing that. So I think it is in some ways up to the organisations to think through what impacts do we want to be having um, and how can we measure those so that we can communicate them really well. Mm. Um, What we do know, though, is that uh, people are looking for organisations to show change over time. They they really want to see that evidence that, um, you know, the communities that organisations are working with or um, interacting with are being positively impacted by their activities and by their programs. Um, And so I think that is a key finding, even if we don't know exactly what those measures are yet. Mm. And I'd love to hear both of your reflections as well. I mean, in terms of part of the report I'm looking at is talking about the top issues for organisations to focus on in the year ahead. And I found this really interesting. The number one issue is reducing environmental impact, which I guess validates a few hypotheses because we know the emerging generations especially are 
concern about environment. So if you mentioned that circular economy, um, fast fashion is really not cool and not something to boast about anymore. Um, the second one was building stronger connections with local community. And the third was rebuilding economic activity. Um, any reflections from either of you on those elements in terms of the issues that Australians want to hear about organisations reporting on? Yeah, I think uh, the environmental sustainability is is just such a big topic at the moment. And it's a, it's a great topic to explore and actually go, how do we do this better? Um, and I think we need to not shy away from it just because we haven't necessarily done it well historically. Mm. Um, and I think we also need to be realistic about the type of change that can happen within a six-month, a 12-month, a five-year span. Like a lot of these things are uh, long-term cultural societal issues and we we aren't going to see change in that in just six months or three months Uh, so I think it's important to be realistic but I think it's also important to be aware to actually take what what is within our power to do now that can actually start to build a better future and uh, so people are looking for organizations to be aware of what impact uh, they're having on society um, and on the environment and not just uh I guess using the environment for for profits, uh, but actually going, let's look after this world and leave it in a better place for the generations to come. Um, I personally love the one around rebuilding community and that organisations do play a really key role in that. And we really believe in community at McCrindle and, and in people and the connections and that community can help with loneliness and isolation and so many things that we've seen pop up um, during the pandemic. Mm. And I love organisations that that take that on board and, and invest into their local community. But I think for organisations, if we think for leaders, it's actually going, well, why does this organisation exist? And how do we actually align our actions with our why? And how do we measure that we're actually achieving our why? And I think that's uh, where social impact reporting comes into play so strong. It's actually let's just report on how we're achieving the why that we exist, not just the profits, not just the financials, but the the why and the impact that we're having in the community. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think in light of as well, you mentioned, you know, the pandemic and even some of that language, like reducing environmental impact, even just like I was talking to someone recently and like I was using a keep cup the other day for the first time in like two years because, you know, I mean, all of us had keep cups. Um, all the millennials in our team were coming in with their, you know, oat latte or drip coffee, whatever it was, batch brew in, you know, in these keep cups. And there was such progress made like pre-pandemic. And then even that just one example where it's like, no, it's unsafe to reuse. Um, sorry, yes, to, to sort of share my um, glass cup with my barista. It's like, no, we can't touch the same things anymore. Um, but even that in and the building stronger connections with local community, I think we've seen that come out of the pandemic and rebuilding economic activity. So yeah, we can't look past the influence of the last two years, even in terms of what what how people and consumers want to see organizations responding. But you mentioned there, so if you know, looking to the emerging generations, and we always love to split data and insights by generation because it is absolutely fascinating. Was there any differences that stood out to you, Soph, in terms of the expectations that different generations have around social impact reporting? Yeah, it's really actually, we love generations, so it's fascinating to unpack. And the younger generations are definitely driving the, uh, the focus on the environmental impact. They're looking for organisations to report on the, the positive impacts on society that they're having. I think one thing that we found really interesting was that we 
put in the question uh, staff morale and well-being. Yeah. And actually, that got a lot higher uh, pickup than we were expecting because that's not something that organisations have reported on before of the impact that they have um, from engaging with an organisation. But actually... In this uh, time where people are focusing on workplace well-being, on culture, that that's crucial to engagement, that that people are wanting to know what's your staff morale and well-being like? Because if you don't treat your staff well, then, hey, we're, might, we're probably not going to actually engage with you because it's not just the external impacts, but it's the internal impacts as well. Um, and I think, yeah. We love boomers, but it's so interesting uh, just seeing the differences. Uh, the, the, the boomers, they are financially savvy and uh, the finances were the top one that they wanted uh, reporting on. Uh, following that was the environmental impact, but they, you know, they've got some wisdom in their years. So they were on the finances and the governance and maybe some of the more traditional forms of reporting and communication. And that's still really important to them. So I think that's a, a good thing for organisations to consider is that there is a diverse range of generations engaging with your organization and you can't just go, oh, we're all about environment and we're all about social now and just forget the finance and the governance because that is still really important to our older generation. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. And um, I'm looking at the report, I've got it open in front of me. And it's also just fascinating to see that younger generations are much more likely to also like know of and be at least somewhat familiar with the term social impact. So that I think that also speaks to organisations and leaders who want to future-proof themselves and speak to the generations coming through that this is just going to be of increasing importance as time goes on. And, yeah, the, the staff morale and wellbeing was something that I remember in our event um, recently a lot of people were kind of our attendees were surprised by that um, and we had some hypothesis around why that was. I mean, my contribution to that even was that, again, through social media, it's just empowered consumers to look almost like behind the scenes of organisations. Like we expect to, to know what's going on, not just the um, the best foot forward they they put, but even like the, the fun, um, the culture, the staff morale, those like behind the scenes things and even our expectations of like knowing more about the personal lives of you know, CEOs of big companies or, yeah. I mean, do either of you find that, that, that you do that as well or that you expect that? I feel like I do. A hundred percent. And I think it links into the authenticity mm. uh, that the younger generations are really looking for around organisations, around influences, around people that yeah. we we do want to see behind the scenes. We're kind of over the uh, best foot forward. And, and while we still all, by human nature, have that desire to put the best foot forward, I think it actually builds so much more trust uh, when we are authentic and we even say, hey, this is an area that I've got to improve. We've, this is the goal, um, but we're not there yet. But these are some steps that we're taking. I think as well that like um, having that insight into what the staff experience is at, at an organisation is kind of a real picture of what an organisation is like or what the heart of that organisation is. I think, um, you know, the, the way it works internally and the way the people uh, interact it, as part of that organisation really is that, um, you know, you can't fake it if, if that's yeah. not going well. <laughs> um, you know, I think that people, once they see like an amazing culture within an organisation, I think that gives a lot of trust that that's how the organisation's, um, you know, reaching out and, and talking with people externally as well. Um, so I think that might be part of the reason hearing about the staff experience is really important to people. 
Mm. Totally. Because what comes, uh, like, starts inside, flows out. Exactly. And so people that's, actually... Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> people care about what goes on internally because it has an impact externally yeah. too. Yeah. And it's a, like you, I think, mentioned earlier, so it's almost, again, that, like, reflection of society where um, we're, we're just taking a more holistic overview of different things in light of the kind of life-changing, um, you know, universe-altering experience of the last two years and reprioritization. So hopefully it's it's a positive way and it might be a, maybe a bit more of a challenge for organizations to think, oh, I've got to report on all these things, but hopefully it, it does provide an opportunity to communicate um, the positive impacts, the social impact that they're, they're trying to achieve that links to the vision and links to the purpose. And I think it does open up a, a conversation around, well, then how do organisations do this? And it does, again, I find it fascinating to just observe the changes in like media consumption and how you get your point across and how you communicate and how you tell a story and kind of the message saturated world that we're all in. And I'm sure all the communications and marketing managers are going, yep, same. Um, but Shan, I wanted to ask you because I know that you were sharing some of these insights in the um, in the presentation and I found them incredibly fascinating in terms of kind of what was what people are most after um, in terms of how they go about the, pra- the practicalities. Um, what did you find interesting about the research in terms of, yeah, how people want to hear about organisations' social impact reporting? Mm. Yeah, I think a key part of the research was to understand what people think is engaging or what kind of um, formats or platforms people find most engaging. And so I think there were some really clear insights that we found. Um, the first is that people really find visual outputs engaging. Maybe not surprised, but uh, I think the the top one was short videos. Mm. Um, and then we also saw that people find infographics, which is, you know, data made visual, really engaging, and then interactive web reports. So just a real clear um, kind of preference for visual outputs. And we know that they're really eye-catching, so that's not surprising, but they can also help to really tell a story um, in, in, you know, in a short um, way. Like they, yeah, I think they, what is it? The picture tells a thousand words. Um, and I think that we really believe that here at McCrindle as well. We put a lot of resources into, um, you know, our design and making sure that things, uh, look, look great. And, and because we know that they can communicate those, those insights really clearly. Another thing we found is that, um, when it comes to platforms, and this is, again, unsurprising knowing how much time we all spend, but um, digital really is where um, people are spending the most time and are also the platforms where they find, uh, I guess, that they find mo- most engaging. So um, we asked, uh, yeah, what what platforms would they find most engaging to, to hear about an organisation's social impact? Um, the top is social media and then websites and emails. So, um, and I think as well, as we were just talking about the generations, a lot of these trends are really driven by those younger generations. We see that social media um, is largely driven by those Gen Zs and Gen Ys. Um, They're the ones who are spending even more time on those platforms and and are finding those more engaging. Mm. Um, And then another thing we found was that uh, when it comes to how long people want to spend engaging with an organization's um, kind of social impact reporting, we found that uh, it's not long at all. <laughs> we know that all of our <laughs> attention spans are kind of reducing. Um, yeah. So two to five minutes is how long most people want to be spending engaging with um, content from an organisation where they're communicating their impact. So mm. um, those real bite-sized kind of uh, regular updates are what people are looking for. Yeah, I really resonate with that. Do you, Soph, as well? <laughs> Oh, 100%. Who wants to read the 60-page annual report if you can watch the two-minute video version? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, we always say the number one search engine for the emerging generations and probably for not just Gen Z, but probably like millennials as well is no longer Google, it's YouTube, because why would we read something when we can watch it? So those short video summaries, I think, are so, so important. And yeah, not surprising, like you said, Shan, but also, I guess, challenging in some ways. And for those of us, like for the three of us who I know we all love reading and we love like diving deep and we work in research, so we're a little bit more prone to looking at those annual report type documents but even for us who are passionate about it like you said so if it's not something that we you know absolutely look forward to and and therefore that I guess informs our uh, philosophy in terms of making data interesting and visual so that it actually gets engaged with and that it can have an impact um, for organizations so it totally makes sense so yeah I mean I think and then for the emerging generations like I remember speaking at a conference once talking about like oh you know needs to be visual needs to be short and someone's like but didn't don't you guys like write heaps of books and reports and I was like oh it's a bit of a like savage rebuke like yeah we still believe in like going deep in things but we've all got to acknowledge that like you said Shan like where our attention spans are contracting and where all organizations and, and media platforms were vying for the attention of people um, and, and in busier times so we just need to make those messages including social impact engaging and, and visual I think that was definitely the takeaway for me and reinforced a lot of what we've been seeing in the last couple of years as well. Definitely. And I think it's the combination of both is really powerful. Like with our reports, we'll try and put a double page infographic summary at the beginning. So it's like, here's all the insight, the depth if you want to go deep, but if you just don't want to, here's the two pages snapshot, you can have a little taste and away you go. So I think it's catering for for both because it's not as simplistic as it can get communicated in just two pages. But so I think the the depth needs to be there, but we also need to find the ways to uh, communicate and engage with those that aren't necessarily going to go deep straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just, I'd love to hear from both of you as well around any stories or, you know, clients that we've worked with where you've seen social impact play out and you've seen it have an, have an impact, for lack of a better word, um, and or the, the desired effect. Um, Shan, any clients that you've worked with that stand out for you who've done social impact really well and have maybe inspired you? Yeah, I mean, there are a few, but I will focus on one, which is very close to my heart. So um, I might actually tell a bit of a story as to how I first started oh, working please. with this client. <laughs> um, so when I first started at McCrindle, um, as I said, almost six years ago now, I kind of um, made it very clear that I'm uh, a foodie. <laughs> and if you know me, you know that I do love food. I love cooking food and also eating food. So, um, so and I know that you, we can vouch we for that. We get the benefit of <laughs> We do. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so I did kind of say to my team leader at the time, you know, if there are any projects that come up that are to do with food, like feel free to send those my way because I would be very interested. And it was literally a week later that um, Food Bank Australia, um, as a client, landed on my desk. Um, and so what they uh, wanted to do with us is to um, get us to help them tell the story of their organization's impact. Um, and so I've had the privilege of working with them on this for um, five years now. Uh, we do kind of uh, a report every year called The Hunger Report. And what I love about the uh, research we do with them and also the reporting that we do is that um, we explore the problem and then also show what um, Food Bank is doing to help, uh, I guess, solve that problem or or what they're doing to have positive impacts in the community, really. Mm. Um, and so we use a lot of different uh, data sets as well. Um, so 
one thing we do is to to run a survey of Australians who are experiencing food insecurity, which basically means they might not know where their next meal is coming from. And um, so we use that survey to tell the story of the problem. But then we use food banks' internal data and case studies from the recipients of their um, their help, I guess, to to show the impact that food bank is having in that area. And I think it's just a really compelling way of um, for organisations to communicate their impact is to first let's just explore the problem and show what we're trying to do here, and then let's show how we are kind of making an impact and changing this problem over time. Um, and the other thing I love about it is that. Food bank, uh, you know, they are aware of the ways in which um, it's changing, you know, kind of stakeholder expectations are changing. Um, so we've talked a lot about, you know, what people want is digital um, and visual in- outputs. And so uh, over time, we've kind of changed the way that we've reported on their impact. And the most recent one from 2021 was an interactive web report, um, which it used to be printed, you know, a bit more old school. And and now they've transitioned because they know that that's what people are finding engaging. So it's been exciting to be on that journey with them as well um, and help think of ways we can communicate their impact in engaging ways, but also um, really do show what the, the work they're doing and the change that they've made over time. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you've been spearheading that project for a number of years and we, our team get to hear a lot about that client and they, they are doing such important work and pretty sobering work as well yeah. in terms of helping some of our most vulnerable people in, in the community who a lot of people probably just wouldn't realise that there's that amount of people who don't know where their next meal is coming from. And yeah, for us to be able to help them have greater impacts um, is just such rewarding work. And yeah, props to you, Shan, for all the work that you've done um, outside of work hours as well for, you know, for those really great clients and causes. Um, and so what about you? Anything that stands out um, that we've worked on recently where we've shown uh, a demonstrated social impact? Yeah, I the one that comes to mind is actually our uh, McCrindle kind of foray into this space. Um, it's just a first step. Uh, and that was our 2021 year in review where we really wanted to I guess, push the boundaries of what we'd done before in terms of reporting and that we know that the static PDF is is not the only way or not necessarily the best way to engage. And so we really wanted to push into that uh, digital, visual, animated, engaging report. And so we started to look at our within our own organisation and go, actually, what impacts have we had this year and how have we been able to communicate our why and, and what progress have we had to you know, use beautiful insights to help bring about better outcomes for organisations and for people. And and how can we celebrate all the work that our team has done this year? Um, we had a great section in there uh, on the launching of the Gen Alpha book, Ash, which you were uh, authoring. We had uh, the team, uh, lots of cake and the celebration of the <laughs> internal uh, dynamics of our workplace and, yeah. and celebrating the culture and how we even managed to you know, continue doing the incredible work that we did in immense lockdowns and work from home and the multiple changes that we had in the last year, but actually to celebrate it. And so for us, it was actually a really cool process to go through and look at what have we done as an organisation and how have we really moved ahead in our vision uh, and then what can we celebrate from the year and then how can we share that with the world? Uh, So it was a really fun exercise. It was it was so fun, and I, as an employee at McCrindle, loved to like when that was produced. I mean, I probably would have been 
interested in it if it was a PDF, but it was interactive and it was scrolling and it was kind of came alive. And like you said, it was just there was some um, really serious stats about how many, you know, clients we'd worked with, how many reports we'd been involved with. But then there was like the fun stuff, like you said, the cakes and and the, the really challenging, um, you know, big projects like like books. And it was just such a nice moment, at, you know, when we got that, I think even as a staff member to go, oh, look at all we did in that year. Like that was the impact we've been able to have um, as a team, which like you said, it was a real celebration moment, which we definitely try and prioritise here. Um but yeah, I just find those stories really helpful because as we know, um, the, we've got this report, this robust research report that we hope is a real blessing to lots of different organisations. But then I think when you pair it with actual stories and anecdotes of organisations who've done that well, it really does bring it to life. Um, but it's been such such a pleasure to have our first sort of podcast with two guests um, and two of my great friends on today. And not even just because I love you both, but also I just know that you're both really passionate about this topic um, and helping organisations have, you know, greater impacts through social impact reporting. So thank you both for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks so much, Ash. It was great. <laughs> Loved being back. <laughs> Excellent. And if our listeners would like to read more about the social impact report that we have been talking about, they can also, you can also watch the event recording as well if you want to see Soph and Shan share those insights um, in a more video, interacting, engaging format, then you can simply head to a website called australiancommunities.com.au, which has the report and the event link there. You can probably also find it on our blog um, if you want to go to the Makuna website. I'm sure it'll be there as well. Um, and of course, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And if you'd like to stay up to date with our latest insights at Macrindle, you, you can subscribe to the podcast or follow us on social media. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and bye for now.